Hi, and thank you for tuning in to Compound Performance Radio. We're your hosts, Matt Domney and Kyle Dobbs. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to today's episode of Compound Performance Radio. Today with us, we have Jamie Smith from Melbourne Strength Culture. So Jamie, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, would love it if you take a moment to introduce yourself to all the listeners. For sure. Thank you very much for having me on, boys. I'm looking forward to this. It's bright and early here in Melbourne, Australia, still in lockdown, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I'm Jamie Smith. I own... Melbourne Strength Culture, which is a strength performance gym in Melbourne, Australia. Been around for about five and a half years now, which has been a fun time. Building a team, uh, there's four of us as coaches, just taking on a young creative to help us with content creation and just expanding and growing and, and, and building, trying to leave a little impact on the Australian strength performance S&C industry. Uh, slowly, slowly, which is... It's been a good ride so far and thoroughly enjoy. I personally enjoy the business side of things a little bit more than the training side of things, just my evolution as a coach. But um, I've got a, a good history of, of training and, and good experiences. I've come over to America a couple of times and spent a good, good chunk, two big periods of time over there learning and experiencing your S&C industry. And that's sort of what I'm trying to create here, a little bit more of a professional quote unquote professional but definitely uh, more opportunities for young coaches here in Australia so yeah I think that's one of the coolest things that that's I see in the in the United States at least with the strength and conditioning industry is that it's becoming much more professional and becoming a strength and conditioning coach or becoming a coach at a gym is becoming looked at as something that can actually be, be a viable career for people but at the same time, people don't take things that seriously. So they're still like in sweatpants, hanging around with their friends, just like chatting with their buddies and like having a good time with it, which is really cool because when I first started in, in coaching, it was one of those things where it was like, this is a short-term job. You're going to do this for five or 10 years and then you're going to go get a real job. And now it seems to be shifting to the point where it's like, no, you can make a, like a legit actual run with this and have a really good time while you're doing so. So bringing that to Australia is going to be a, uh, that's going to be a really cool and rewarding thing to do when you guys get it done. Yeah. Well, I feel like the shift is um, not, not to say that I was the shift, but I feel like the industry is developing here. Obviously we're take a fast, credit for it. Popular. Just tell, just no, tell everybody I'm not taking credit for it. No, no way I'm taking <laughs> credit for it. give you credit for it. Jamie <laughs> Smith started it. Okay, guys, everybody, you heard it here first. Nah. <laughs> I'll take credit for one thing over here. So I interned at Cressy, um, like way back 2016 I was there and I did five months there and they run just this general semi-private training model where the gym floors just open and I'd come through like personal training ranks one-on-one and I hated the time commitment of one-on-one training I hated booking and missing bookings and all that sort of stuff and, and I would have left the industry if one-on-one was the only option so when I came back and started the gym I just started at semi-private like Cressy and everyone at the start was like oh why are you guys what is this is it group training and i'm like no nah, it's just like an open gym everyone's got a program blah blah blah. It makes it makes sense just come and experience it for one session and you'll understand why we're doing it and then there's two other pretty well developed high performance uh teams around us and over the the first three years they both shifted to my model of mm. semi-private and i was like yeah that's so i will take that i, I brought it i brought semi-private to australia i guess that's all I'll take. I'm not taking any influencer. I love yeah, it. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Go to semi-private. 
I, I definitely, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording where we, we kind of have a similar trajectory, I think, as far as, you know, starting out obviously in coaching and then moving a little bit more into like the leadership and development and management and business side of things. So like, I, I appreciate that side of things from all your posts as well. But at the same time, it's, I always enjoy watching, you know, your, the posts from your actual gym. And then like, I follow, I think all of your coaches as well. And on us, and it's just, I mean, it's really good coaching. Like the stuff that everybody puts out is just really, really solid stuff. And I think it's always interesting. Like it's nice from like the thousand foot view to always see uh, how cohesive it is, you know, when we, when you kind of watch, cause that's the kind of things that I look for when I look at staffs and I, I look at a well-rounded staff, I look at a facility and, and kind of, you know, an ownership that, that knows what they're doing. And it's always just a beautiful thing to see all kind of come together yeah. uh, from that perspective. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. And uh, I'm glad that that is the sort of the projection that we are throwing out there because it's definitely the way that, that we operate We're we're a pretty cohesive team and, uh, I'm not in charge. It's, it's where all, we all have our, our views and our directions that we want to move and, and we all work to support each other. And um, I think above everything else, we just want to have fun. As you were saying, Matt, like we, like this, there should be, there should be no reason, especially in like a, a, a smaller, younger industry. There's no reason why you can't have fun and, and be creative in the way in which you sort of begin to build your path. We don't have to, we don't have to be like, corporate ladders like like trying to climb and be all like oh like no it just doesn't have to be that like we can we can show our personalities we can we can be the people we want to be and people are attracted to that i think first and foremost that's where they feel that connection and ultimately where they make the decision to sign a contract or whatever to come join us but um that's something that we really want to do and and it's one of our core values is just enjoying what we're doing as a team and, and team driven and and so I'm glad, I'm very glad that that's the projection that we are giving you out. And uh, even over there, it's making its way over there slowly, slowly to the US. It, it makes, it makes sense though, just from a, a perspective of looking at it from a, from a client standpoint, right? Because if you look at what these people are, the majority of people are, are going to be doing day to day, the people that we work with, um, and probably the people that you work with too, have quote unquote real jobs, where they are climbing the corporate ladder, and they are looking at doing things like that, where it just it's, and like most of corporate America, and it's probably similar in the in Australia as well, is very buttoned up. It's very like correct. It's very, very like everybody has to be a muted version of themselves. So when they can come to a gym or an area like you guys run, where everybody's just authentic, they're being themselves, they're having fun, nobody's taking themselves that seriously. It's definitely one of those things that also builds a lot better client adherence too, because they enjoy actually going and training because now they can, they can unbutton themselves a little bit and loosen up and just contribute to the team. Yeah. Well, it's a break. It's a, it's a, and exactly. it should be the gym, the gym should be an outlet, not just physically, yeah. but it, it should be where you can, you can do exactly that. Like enjoy yourself, have fun, laugh. Like I'm, I'm still at, 18 year old kid at heart, me, me and one of my best mates from school just started like a literal shit talk podcast. Like <laughs> you guys think your podcast sometimes swings into shit talk. This is literally just two mates attacking each other. And we've just started, I've just started promoting it. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to put this up and see what happens with it. But like, I'm a kid at heart. I want to enjoy my work and I want to make my environment fun. And uh, our members, I know our members enjoy it. They laugh as well. And, 
Like we, we want to get that out there. The other thing is I, when, when I view like my development through the industry, obviously like, yeah, I had some mentors here in Australia, but a lot of my mentors, the one that jumps at, not, when I say mentor, not, not physically a mentor, but somebody that I looked up to and consumed a lot of content was Mark Bell from Super mm-hmm. Training. And like, I just remember like 10 years ago, I'd watch every single video of Mark Bell's and it was literally just him and his mates training, talking about eating oh, food. Just He's a child and it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calling each other fat. Like, I'm just like, if this guy could do it and now be, who knows what, what he's worth with his slingshot oh, invention and stuff. A ton. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, if, if he can do it and, and literally just be himself the whole way through, it's like, why can't we do it? Just because no one else is, currently sort of expressing that in australia in 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 the snc why can't we be the first ones that just publicly just film everything put it on youtube and then just see what happens with it and it it, it's going well so did you ever watch the uh the mark the mark bell you're off the team video okay oh oh, that that was one of my that was one of my favorite ones that he ever did everybody yeah Everyone who did something he didn't quite like, he'd bring him into their office and sit down, like cross his hands in front of them, look very seriously at them and be like, Kyle, you said something that I didn't really appreciate. You're off the team. And he'd film the whole thing. And they'd just be like, what, what do you mean? He's like, get out. You are off the team. Turn and in your And then he made the, he made the stickers. Yeah. And just had the stickers everywhere. His fat face. Yep. Fat Mark Bell. Fat Mark Bell is the best Mark Bell. 100%. 100%. I, I love him. I, um, I met him. I met him. Uh, at a powerlifting comp when I was over there last, but uh, he's he's a lot shorter than I I would have ever thought. But it, he wasn't fat Mark Bell at the time. He was like jacked and shredded, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I feel like I haven't I've met a version of my idol, yeah. but I haven't actually met my idol. I wanted fat Mark Bell, which is probably a good thing because they always say never meet your heroes yeah. because they're always yeah, a little bit disappointing. So you, now you yeah. can just keep that vision of fat Mark Bell in your mind forever, and you never yeah. have to worry about it being tarnished. Yeah. He, he's uh, he's Jack Marbell now. Like, yeah, it's, oh, man. he's definitely switched his training focus a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's shredded, man. He's got veins everywhere. He does definitely have that uh, reddish tinge to his skin. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. From uh, <laughs> advanced supplementation is what we like. To yeah, call. yeah. Yes. But jacked, yeah, and still a weapon, and I still love his content. Listen, man, I'm I, all about I, him. I'm passing no judgments on anybody with that. Live your life yeah. is my, yeah. my my thought process. Oh, 100. So I think one of the mo- one of the more interesting things that you guys what one of the questions that I've had for, I had for you um, is what made you choose the name Melbourne Strength Culture as opposed to anything else or like making it into a gym or making it into just like any of the other like names that you could have made for a business. Yeah. Yeah. The typical gym based stuff. Well, firstly, we didn't want anything to do with a barbell. Um, That's why we haven't, we have an eagle. I've changed my background to a, a fucking bridge. I don't even know what bridge it is. What bridge (laughs) is that? You're you're good. San Fran. Silicon Valley. Um, Nah. So we didn't want anything to do with like a barbell or like, grungy because it's just not who we are like uh originally it's my business but i started uh with the help of a, a, a another school for, again just a school friend that I, I just uh i enjoy their company so we just hang around each other so he started with me at the, at the start he's still here full-time capacity and and crushing it as a powerlifting coach charlie athanasiu so the two of us 
sort of were the brain's trust at, at the beginning. We didn't want barbells and fists and all mm-hmm. the typical like strength training stuff that just doesn't interest us. So we're like, well, let's completely remove any of that. So we went to a designer and um, we've, we've got running jokes from school about being um, the fat eagles, the feagles. And that's how we came up with the eagle thing. And then we're like, oh, what can we do? We wanted it to look good on like an emblem type thing. So we just threw it in and then... The names, I wanted strength culture to begin with. Um, and I actually created a website for myself uh, early days and was writing blog posts and stuff. And I always used to use like hashtag strength culture on my posts and all of that. And someone from Sydney actually must have liked the name and, and took the trademark for strength culture. So I couldn't use strength culture, unfortunately. Um, so then I uh, just threw Melbourne on it and that's how it sort of, began there why strength culture um the real reason was charlie used to love uh dance like electric music and there was a dj called um john i want to say callahan but i think i've got that wrong um but he was he had a he had a, a a music label called subculture and the reason he called it subculture was that the music was really really good but Every, not everyone's going to like it and not everyone's mm. going to enjoy it. And I'm like, that's sort of what we're trying to create here with like a strength gym. Like, yeah, it's good training. It's sound training and everyone could benefit from it, but it's never really going to go mainstream. It's just, it's just the way it is. Everyone's always just want to going to want to lose weight and, and whatever. So then we're like, Oh, why not strength culture? And then now it's literally our whole fucking motto is culture. Like everything that we want to do from, from our staffing perspective, from our membership, like we kick members out of this place, like get out of here. You, you don't fit in. You, you, you're hurting our values. You're hurting our, our direction. Um, like culture is everything for us. So it just happens that it's married in really well now, but at the start yeah. it was just, uh, we want a fegal on the, on the emblem. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was 23 when I started it. So. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at though, is the, the whole, the whole thing that you had just spoken about with trying to build a really good culture where everybody feels comfortable and everybody feels happy. And like, I was, I was just very curious as to what came first was that idea or the naming. And like you said, they seem to have married each other really, really, really that, well. Yeah. Which is which is really cool to see, yeah. Because it's it's always cool to see when things work out very fortuitously like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think especially Char- Charlie and my personalities, we're very uh, well. Charlie more so than I from an empathy perspective, but uh, like we've been brought up well. We're we're respectable. We understand like um, like what what a community can do for people. Like team sports growing up and our mates from school and all that. Like it seems to be a common theme that we're talking about. Well, at least I'm talking about right now, but. Um, like, yeah, it, it's always mass, it's a massive, been a massive part for us. So we wanted to create that. And I think it, yeah, it was never the decision that, oh, this branding and, and, and our main core values as a business are going to really meet up together. But it just so happened that uh, probably subconsciously uh, was always going to happen. But it, yeah, it definitely, it definitely has now. Yeah. I like that a lot because especially like, you know, Matt and I both worked in like the big box gym world here mm-hmm. in the States. Yep. And, and then I worked for a few other private companies and everybody talks about culture. Like it's become this, you know, it was like, it was probably like, it's the buzzword. It, it was a buzzword like, yeah. oh, that is, yeah. really like five or six years ago, maybe 10 years ago, even, you know, talking about um, like uh, emotional intelligence and, and all that stuff. And Every, so everybody talks about it, but nobody like personifies it 
yeah. very well. It's like they, they talk about it, but then it's like no one really upholds it. Uh, and you'll see it in policies and procedures and you'll see it in employee handbooks, but then you get in the gym and you're like, man, the culture kind of fucking sucks here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, terrible. You know, like, <laughs> you know, so I, I really appreciate, you know, like one, like, like we kind of said earlier, like just watching you all interact with each other on social media. Cause you do, especially back when the gym was open, like you'd be like fucking playing basketball in the middle of yeah. the stuff and, and doing fun stuff. <laughs> and like, you see, how much fun everybody's having but you also see that it it is it's like real training like it's serious training you see members you know working out and and i think that's it's interesting like even you saying like you'll you'll tell members like hey this isn't the right fit like if they're not if they're not kind of advocating for the same things and i think that's huge because especially in in a gym whether you're a a big gym or a little gym the members are going to outnumber the staff Mm -hmm. 10 to 1 minimum in most cases and often a, a yeah. lot a lot higher 35 to one <laughs> yeah and it ends up being you know it's like you can have the best staff culture in the world but if your members aren't personifying that it's still going to to be detrimental to the gym as a whole uh yeah. so I, I definitely appreciate that aspect of things too yeah well, it, we um we have a whole bunch of they're not rules but they're just expectations of like how how to carry how, how we expect the gym floor specifically to be carried. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of those little rules are uh, literally client focused. Like the, like just little things like putting things away and all that. Like we put people on blast for like, Hey, you didn't teach your bar. Like absolutely like just shred them. And it, it, it's become this point where like the gym constantly is just like this pristine uh, thing. Like it, it's, it's driven through the whole thing. And, that, that, that were, they were conscious decisions to be like, this is the way that we do things here. And if you don't assimilate and if you don't follow them, like it, it is upsetting to us. Like we respect this equipment. This equipment's not cheap. This equipment can literally change your life if you respect it enough or it can mm-hmm. absolutely ruin you with debilitating pain if you treat it like an idiot. So mm-hmm. um, like, and all that starts with, yeah, just, yeah, it, 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 it's fed up and up the chain from members up to staff and down the chain from staff down to members. It, it is a big thing for us. So we, so we have a lot of other gym owners and coaches who listen to uh, this podcast um, out of our seven listeners. It's probably six of them who own their own facilities, at least five, at least, at least five. Yeah. At least five of them own their own facilities. Um, and that conversation that you're having with members about like when you, when you have to kick them out or when you have to eject them from the club, how did you get to the point where you were comfortable having those conversations? Because I, I'm sure you're not still completely comfortable having those conversations, but what were the, the mental steps that you took to decide, okay, this is what we need to do and this is what we're going to do and we are not going to compromise on this? Yeah. I've, actually, I've actually got a funny story that, that will lead into this really well. So Charlie and I, so again, we started this when we were real young, like 23. <laughs> we just, I, I had... Uh, I, I had realized that working for someone wasn't going to suit my personality well. I just wanted to do things my way and just forge my path. So we ended up, we started the gym and, and we had a whole bunch of like friends and stuff sign up. And there was a few members where Charlie at the end of his like coaching shift would come up to me. He's like, as soon as they walk in the gym, I just get this feeling. I, I like, I, I feel like I'm on edge. I feel like I, I just, and, and about two years later, we realized, oh, that's just called anxiety. These people are giving you anxiety <laughs> when they walk in the gym because you don't want them there or you don't want to be there. You don't yeah. want to help them. 
they don't listen to you. Like this is literally what's happening. So that's how it started where we're like, anybody that comes into this gym and if both of us are like, man, why is this person here? They don't fit here. Like what is going on? We just start to talk about like, all right, like obviously they don't, probably don't fit from a goals perspective, which is they don't respect what's actually going on. They don't mm-hmm. actually understand the process of proper strength training and how monotonous it can get at times. And, and like, yeah, I want to change things up. I was like, yeah, but that's not how we do things here. So it sort of just started with that, but being aware of the direction we wanted to take the business and how some of those people, even if we got there, if they were still here, it probably wouldn't be a big win for us. So that would probably be the first thing, which is just building awareness of, of what was going on for us and, and what we were feeling. Um, in terms of like having those conversations, sometimes they're quite easy. It's literally you just at the end of the training block, they're umming and ahhing about some of their goals for the next thing. And you're like, you know what? I think maybe, um, maybe it, it's worth looking to find a, a more in-person coach who, who could be with you for more of these sessions to push you a little bit more. Just little conversations like that. Um, how do you build the trail? Uh, pick up the courage to do that i guess you just sort of just start doing it and um it just happens we actually kicked out or i kicked out the the strongest member we had like we don't discriminate either the strongest member um we had who he, he knows who he is i actually spoke to him yesterday about he said he was it, was it Will us. Here? <laughs> no it wasn't Will Cro- <laughs> no. no way no way i'd roll the red carpet out for will will's the best. I'd, I'd kick no, him out um, of my gym if he was there i'd watch him do reverse lunges with a 10 kilo kettlebell and be like you're you're done get out um but we had we have a rule where we don't drop deadlifts like you just don't drop mm-hmm. a deadlift in the gym like it, it doesn't matter if it's a trap bar if it's a one rm whatever it's like control your weight down like it's and, and more than anything it's just because it's so fucking loud if you throw 300 kilo ground on a 15 rubber mat and like you're just asking people to look at you and see how cool you are it's like that's just not what we're about so constantly and i just kept pulling this guy up he just signed up and he was just a gym member and i'm like man stop dropping the deadlift stop this went on for like two months and then charlie picked him up for something else and then one day i was on edge and he just slammed this weight into the ground and i just i stood up and i said before you answer this question think about your response and he's like, all right. I'm like, why the fuck are you dropping this deadlift again? And then he was like, and he just, he's like, oh, my hands are slippy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you fuck it. And I'm like, he just made up all these excuses. And the next day, I emailed him, said, hey, man, you're on, you're on pause for this. Um, you're just not respecting our rules. And, and so we don't discriminate who it is. Like, it's, we're very specific with hmm. how we want this place to, and there's rules in place for a reason. Like, we, we want this place to be, uh, approachable and and everybody can come and if you if you want to do the training that we subscribe to the doors are open and and Mm -hmm. and come in and and yeah no but that's awesome because a lot of a lot of other places will make concessions for people that are quote-unquote exceptions and they'll make a lot of exceptions to the rule and no you can't you have to if it's something you don't want to compromise on you have to not compromise on that ever and you have to treat everybody the exact same so that's that's cool and it definitely requires a lot of balls to do especially when it's somebody who's like a very strong individual like that and you're like oh this person could bring a lot of exposure to the gym if they do well in competitions or whatever but i think the the compromising your principles is definitely not something that you should be doing that's that's even something that we we talk about with uh, not business owners, but just individual, you know, clients with their, their, or coaches with their client rosters, mm-hmm. where it's like, 
you know, I even like going back to the, the anxiety aspect of things, but it's like, but it's real though, because I think all of us, anyone who's coached anybody has had clients that they just dread. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah. they, like they literally, they look at their calendar and they're like, shit. Oh, damn it. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, man, man. You, you literally, yeah. Life's too short, man. Like it yeah. ends up, it ends up being, you know, it's when you're building a business, you'll kind of train anybody anytime and to make money and get started and figure it out. But at some point, like I always tell coaches, it's like one of the, one of the best days of your coaching career is the day where you can decide who you're working with. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean like, I, I hate the term firing clients. Like I don't, I don't necessarily like that term, but referring them to other people who might be a better match is, is definitely an option at that point. Because if, if you're dreading those sessions, there's also a good chance that they're not getting a great experience or a great level of service out of you as a coach either. Like it's probably reciprocal in some way. Um, and, and I think that's something that even, you know, the, the non-business owners, but just the coaches who are listening to this, like that's probably something they can resonate with as well, where it's just like, you don't have to be everything to everyone. Like yeah. you can have a, a client archetype, you know, that, that works well for you. And you definitely don't have to spend two to three hours a week with people that you just don't necessarily enjoy spending time with, you know, and that's not a, that person's a bad person or anything like that. It's just not a fit. Yeah. That's not a successful long-term strategy is to hate every moment of your job when you're with this particular (laughs) client. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That very well said. And I I concur with that a hundred percent. There's nothing worse than, especially one-on-one settings where, Oh man. You dread it the whole day. Like you start at 6 a.m., you do three or four back-to-backs, then it's all, it's like at 10.30, oh, it's going to be a dreadful it. hour. I hope they yeah. cancel. As yeah. soon as you start yeah, literally it cancels, it's like that's, that should be the end it's of the done. Room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 100%. Um, no, I think that that's, that's interesting. And I think even looking more so at, you know, what, I mean, obviously you guys are in a COVID situation now. So, so, your normal business is, is kind of on hold. What, what's kind of keeping you busy now? Like, have you started doing more remote and virtual work? Are you just kind of stocking up and planning for when this whole thing clears over, you know, hopefully in the next few months? Yeah. What, what's, yeah. what's, oh, we, we should be open. Yeah. Um, so I know the uh, American, particularly Joe Rogan, and I don't know if you guys follow Andy Frisella or if you know who Andy Frisella is, but I also see he, he's in the same Louis, town. So it's, it is. He's <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, this, there definitely seems to be this attack as if we need saving over here and there's like <laughs> rallies in America to save Australia. It's definitely not that bad. It's the government's very supportive and, um, they literally still send us money every single week. So like, we can't really kick up a storm to be like, Oh, they've shut us for, nearly 18 months now but um that is the reality of what we've nearly been we've actually the gym itself since march 23rd wow. 2020 has been closed for 355 days oh my god so we're nearing on 12 full months of the gym being shut the, the good thing is um there's a few exemptions that are available to members, high-performance athletes, so you just have to fit a couple of criteria. They're still out of train. So we're, we're operating the physical space at about 30%, but um, we already had a pretty strong online. Uh, in fact, it was stronger than the first gym that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, our online business was bigger, so that's fine. We can still manage um, to, to 
to utilize our skill set in an online capacity. Um, one of the big things that kept me running last year was I set up, uh, I turned our in-house internship into an online mentorship, which did really, really well. And I ran two cohorts of that. Um, I ran a couple of short courses, an introduction to business-based things, um, just like finance management and sort of understanding marketing, understanding sales, just basic entry-level business skill set stuff that was all involved as well. Um, so that kept me busy last year and it did really, really well. Um, and then the front half of this year sort of been two, two different ends of the spectrum. The front half of the year, I, I was pushing really hard and we had an opportunity. We were open for four months and we pushed and I got um, both Jamie and Didier to full-time, which was a goal for, that I had to get nice. all three of my staff to full-time. Um, and we managed to get both of them to full-time in that period. Uh, and then we, unfortunately we closed again and, and that closure um, just mentally, I think I was just tired by that point. Yeah. And um, I would say I was uh, situationally depressed. Like I just wasn't, I, I pretty much just turned my back on all of it. I was just like, I don't want to do any more courses. So I stopped doing courses for the second half of this year. My training went to as poor as it had ever been probably since I started training, like literally probably didn't do any sessions for maybe two months um just mentally just mm -hmm. done with it all just checked out um and then uh, we chatted quickly off air oh no at the very start of this like the the content that we're producing one of so jamie who's our full-time snc coach who, mm -hmm. who does more of the hybrid style of training um his brother last year we, we hired a, a a videographer to film a video for us and he was in the gym at the time and he was like oh i reckon i could do this like he was watching him with the cameras and like he asked him a couple of questions he's just like this 21 year old kid that wants to learn and i gave him my camera and i'm like man if you can create this content fucking go for it like i'll hire you and then over the last 12 months like he's just been producing little videos for us on on youtube and stuff and and then about three months ago, he bought his own camera. And then since he's bought his own camera, he's spent a, a shit ton of money on it. it. It's just like breathed life into what we wanted to do. It's like opened up all these opportunities for content creation and, and getting our personalities, our YouTube channels firing. And so really what got me out of my stick and what's sort of been the, the focus for us whilst we're still being closed is just trying to produce good, high quality content that lets us hit the ground running when we reopen. Um, we also moved facilities in this time and, uh, I bought this building and, and made a, a crazy gym on the inside. We've got some offices now, which is cool. We've expanded and, and can grow into this. So there's a, a couple of cool things that are keeping us rolling. Um, but it really has been a pretty wavy 18 months for sure. But we should be open in two weeks. And I, I think that's it. Once we're, that's, that's famous last words. But if they close us again after this, it's going to be a bit of a joke over here. Then you can start... Joe Rogan can start shooting shots. And, and we'll uh, start sending Andy people Frisella. to save you. <laughs> yeah, Andy, Fr Andy Frisella can keep setting up marches to save Australia. Like, what first, are you doing, first, man? We'll send the first four, the first form army over. On, on I mean, I, yeah, get, yeah. I get that whole, the, the, the depression and everything that you went oh, through sure. with that, for sure. Because, like, it's one of those things where every time, it's, it's, there's a there's a commercial in the United States. I'm not sure if you guys have it and uh, have it there, but it's a it's a Geico insurance commercial where there's an old guy with a fishing rod like throwing a dollar at somebody, and he just keeps yanking it away every single time. Yeah. And he just keeps going, "Oh, you almost had it. You're almost there that time." And it's got to kind of feel like that with the way the gym is being open, close, open, close, open, oh. close, and then they're pushing deadlines and pushing deadlines and pushing deadlines, where it's like every single time you guys get a relief, like a small like scent of relief, it immediately gets taken away, and it's like, oh, just let us fucking like, do our jobs. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, Matt, we've been we've we've gone through six quote unquote lockdowns. Oh Jesus! Um, I can't even imagine how mentally fatiguing but, that is. Yeah, but some of them, some of them were literally like three weeks. Like they'd open for three weeks, and then there'd be a small wave, and they're like, ah. I got PTSD from last year. Like we can't do that again. So then they just shut us. And the, the hardest bit has been like, like you, 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 like the admin to pause everyone and make sure everybody's payments mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, and then it's like great, and you, you, you're feeling good, and you, you take 150 people off pause, and you manage all their little things. Then two weeks later, you got to do the whole. Pro- and we've had to do that. And by the end of it, I was just like, I'd rather this thing just be fucking shut. Like. Yeah. I'm sick of all of those ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. And that's been the good thing with this final one that we're in now. It's just been shut the whole time. The government have said, we're not opening until we get this vax rate. So do it. And we're finally, the society's been like, all right, that's the out. Let's go and do it. So that's where we're at now. So it will happen. But yeah, mentally, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely was depressed. 100%. Yeah. Like I saw a stat here. And again, like, I, I don't want anybody to fact check me, but the, the stat I saw was that like almost 50% of Americans, like between the ages of like 30 and 70 are on antidepressants now. Yeah. At, at, like, COVID. Yeah. like, yeah, like it's an insane amount and it's gone up like, wow. like 300 plus percent. Yeah. Like it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. So it's, and I mean, I, I mean, Matt and I talk about it all the time. Because we've been, you know, through through the our version of this, which has not been as bad as your version of this, but it's like, man, there's days where you know, especially like we work from home, it's just like it just it wears on you. Where you're yeah. just like, man, I don't feel like doing shit today. I don't want to work. I don't. I don't want to get on calls. I don't want to train. I don't want to do anything. And I yeah. think that's that's something that you know. I think a lot of it resonates with a lot of people and we both work with some people in Australia from a client perspective too. And it's like, they're all going through, we just had, I think you're like our third or fourth, like Australian we've had on the podcast. Like we're, we're definitely. Yeah. You guys, are, you guys have got some reach over here. You guys definitely. <laughs> it's, it's our, I wonder how We have more people in Australia, India, Germany, and Croatia than we do in our home States. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Mentorships. Well, like I always joke, like I'm in Missouri and there's more people in Australia in every group than there is like in the state of Missouri. Where I'm there is, there is yeah. one person in Houston, Texas in this round of the group mentorship. Yeah, Houston, one. Texas is massive. It's the third biggest city in America. Yeah. <laughs> in the States. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, but it's like, we were talking to Alex Effer, like on earlier when Canada, yeah, Canada, was, yeah. Canada was in and he's just like, man, we got, like 8 p.m. curfews there's literally like yeah, yeah we've got that now there's military it, with it's very guns yeah. in the street like yeah. it's insane it's absolutely yeah. Like, yeah we don't have the military uh on the street we've got we've got the curfew the curfew's a bit blurred though not many it's we're, we're all at the point where it's just like we know we know the strategies you get out of it why do we have all these these silly rules around it but yeah let's not make it a covid discussion too much though yeah. <laughs> no. We're going to have um, a little disclaimer up on the entire rest of the, the podcast, podcast anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get shut yeah. down. I'm going to get an Instagram notification. Yeah. On my, the post had to get taken down. The, the tanked reach is not COVID. It's because you got me on. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I think that that's, that's really cool. Cause I, I do remember, and I was going to ask you about like moving into a new space right because it yeah because when you when you i remember it kind of talking to you just dming you when you got it, i was like man that looks awesome 
Oh, it looks so much better than the last one. So that must be insane. Really, yeah, yeah. Really uh, to kind of move into and get started here in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we, I, I, I was having problems with our, our previous real estate owner, um, our real estate agent, sorry. Um, it just a bit of a clash of personalities, we'll call it. Uh, but every conversation I ended up having with him just turned into him yelling at me for whatever reason. I was like, man, I just got to get away from this guy. <laughs> I just need to get away from him. And um, the lease was coming up to an end and it wasn't the best timing for us to move. Obviously, we were shut at the time. Um, business had been dumped back to probably operating about 55% revenue and um, staff, majority of the staff wages were subsidized by the government at that point as well. Mm -hmm. And um, from all those perspectives, it wasn't the right time, but it was just, I knew that our business and our brand had outgrown uh, that space. We more than anything with our group, probably the office areas, the team was growing. We had a physio come on, the physio was growing. He wanted a second office. Um, And then like, we're all at full-time now, so there's four full-time staff who, yeah, we we do a, a majority of our coaching in an online perspective, so they're not always here. But if all if, if there were three of us here at once in the offices, it was just sort of like, this is not working. So um, I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer that uh, you should try and make your environment conducive to getting good work done and, and creating Absolutely. that for the employees. And I just knew that that was going to become a problem pretty quickly if the four of us wanted to work from the gym um, for anything, consults or phone calls or whatever, just get away from home. Um, that was going to be a problem. So I was like, I need to change this. And the lease was ending with the dickhead real estate agent. So I was like, yeah, why not? Let's see what we can do. Um, and I was just also at just a personal point in my life where it was either buy a house and, and go down that route or I could look to buy a commercial property. So I, I ended up buying the factory, which then oh, meant- Oh, awesome. Oh. Yeah, which then meant I could, uh, I wanted to dump capital into setting this thing up for yeah. uh, for, for something that I, I truly believe, uh, I, I do believe that this is the best private facility in Australia. Um, like what we've done here, it, it, it's actually crazy. Once I have a little bit more money and can do these three massive offices up, we're gonna we're gonna have a classroom space here for our interns and our seminars. We've got two big offices that are both bigger than what we had there. So this one here is gonna become a uh, a little bit of a recording studio for us to kickstart a podcast up probably in the next six months once nice. things settle down a little bit. Um, and then downstairs, the, the physio has got two physio rooms. Now we have a full reception area. We have a full, and it's a private gym still. Like we, we cap our membership. We don't really just let anyone in off the street. And then when you get down to the actual gym space, um, I was like, oh, I want this place to be perfect. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want there any, to be any reason why you wouldn't train here or wouldn't stay here if you become part of this. So we've, we've insulated the whole room. We've uh, put soundproofing up everywhere. So like it, we can record in there. It's like a studio if no one's in there. We've got proper lights set up. We've, um, we've made it like somewhat aesthetic. Like it looks a little bit more professional than a typical gym. Like I, I do believe, and I'll, 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 I'll die on this hill, that I, I do believe this is one of the best private facilities in Australia. Because, and, and it was all moving in the direction that we could because I bought the property and I was like, fuck it. Like, let's just make this place absolutely sick like this why would you want to train anywhere else so that's sort of what we've gone with and um i know that i know that there's it's going to be unreal once we can open properly and really get the community back in here and and get active and 
and get after it. Like, so the move was poor timing, but it probably worked out to be the best in the end. And um, yeah. So for people who are listening, who are unfamiliar with you, um, can you talk a little bit about what your previous gym was like in terms of like size compared to where you are now? Because one of the things that I've noticed from where you guys used to be to now is the equipment upgrades that you guys have made moving into the yeah, new facility. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, again, I started the first gym, we were there for five years and I started it when I was 23. So I didn't have a lot of capital behind me. I, mm -hmm. Thankfully, my parents uh, believed in my vision, whether or not they believed in it or just thought uh, at least he's not going to be going and partying anymore or whatever. But um, <laughs> they... <laughs> They, they, they gave me a small loan to buy some original equipment, but really we started as a typical, just like garage gym. Like we had three racks. We probably had 700 kilos worth of bumper plates. Um, I remember trying to, the, the investment to get the floor, like rubber floor was like massive for me. It was like three and a half thousand dollars. And yeah. like, I didn't, I didn't account for it. And I was like, I can't believe I've got to spend all this money on that. So it really did start as like, we're just trying it out. Um, and then throughout the process of being there, we sort of expanded a little bit within the building. We, we added an office upstairs and like just did little bits and pieces. But the space of that was 200 and, 220 square meters. The gym was 165, 170 square meters. I don't know what that is in um, or whatever metric you guys use anymore but <laughs> when we edit this we'll just off we'll just voice over and make it is 100 square feet or whatever it is <laughs> yeah dub it dub it um and then this facility uh the gym space is bigger than the whole facility was and then wow. we've added we've doubled it we're doubled on a bit the whole thing so um but a lot of it was expansion of office spaces because again that's sort of what we were really struggling with mm -hmm. and i envision that we're going to need more of as our online is the direction we want to move like it just it's a little bit less risky we can it, it, it's a bit more scalable all those sort of typical business things but um i do envision there'll be more staff coming on and managing online systems and structures more so than we're going to need a whole bunch more space but yeah we as i said like i invested a lot of the membership members feedback was they wanted more opportunities um for just like general training like yeah strength training we had it down we had combo racks we had all the powerlifting based equipment mm -hmm. like specialty bars and, and and proper competition plates and all that sort of stuff we had coming out of our gills but uh it was the other stuff it was this the general training they wanted a little bit more of that so we bought some machines we um we upgraded like a lot of our cable stuff and uh yeah we we've really expanded it to be a little bit more general friendly as well now so you can really get after it from like a bodybuilding perspective a more traditional bodybuilding perspective or uh, if you're just in like an off season that you can really just crush machines and get yeah. your session done within like an hour if you wanted to you don't have to warm up just do four by eight on squats anymore you can just slam yourself on the pendulum or or one of the other machines so yeah i think we wanted to we wanted to make the move like distinctly like we, we are starting again but like mm -hmm. with with five years experience, we have an opportunity to really start again uh, and, and take this thing where we believe it can go. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just, yeah. So. I think in terms of what you guys did with the expansion, what you're talking about by, by keeping the gym floor, like it's bigger, obviously, but it's not the majority of what you guys expanded. I think that's one of the best ideas that you've, mm -hmm. that, that you guys could have as a, as somebody who's owning a gym, because 
I, I know somebody personally who opened a gym near me that's 6,000 square feet in of just open gym space. And he's got like 50 members. So when you go in yeah. there, it feels so empty and quiet. And it feels like there's, it's yeah. really hard to do what you guys have been saying about building a community and building, like having a high energy room because it's just so cavernous and it just feels empty. Whereas with having a slightly smaller gym space and more, admin offices and more room for for you guys you can make it still feel like a like a family environment and you can still make it feel like a high energy room by just having it be a little bit smaller than you guys would have expanded to if you said now nah, fuck offices we're just going to work from home when we need to yeah yeah well i i i learned it from peter Puy, who's uh cressy's mm-hmm. uh business partner who mm-hmm. started cressy with him who um so I, I, I interned at Cressy just before starting the gym. The five months prior, I was home for a month and then started the, the first gym. And I, I was talking to Pete in that period and I was like, man, this is what I want to do. And he's like, his one advice was like, whatever uh, office space you need, triple it. Like literally triple it from the start. You are going to need more offices. And I feel like I just disregarded that because I didn't know what I was doing back at the first one. And then straight away, as this guy don't know shit. Yeah. All thankful, all godly Pete, Pete was correct. And I praise Pete and um, the move here. Like we literally, yeah, right now the offices feel scarce, but I just know that once we can get our internship running again and, and we can start running our seminars on the weekend and we can take advantage of this space, these spaces, like it's going to be so much better. We can actually keep the gym running if we have more than 20 people in a seminar upstairs now. Like we'd have to close the gym, piss the members off, like just little things like that. I just know that it's just going to really give us a great opportunity to move forward with. So, yeah. yeah. I think the, the education aspect of things is huge. Like, yeah. Having a, a space where you can host those things, especially because, I mean, you guys are in a, a big metropolitan area where it's just like, man, if, if you can be the place where seminars are scheduled, like, yeah. that's, that's a whole nother revenue stream for a lot of gyms where it's like, you can, you yeah. can get a lot of exposure, you can make a little bit of money. And if you can keep the gym open at the same time, it's fantastic. Like oh, that, there's a, yeah. there's a gym in Texas that did the same thing where they built a full on education room. So you can just do, you can do full on, you can do seminars, you can do anything you need to. He has a kind of like you guys do an education room and a podcasting room where he can run his podcast. He can run education and have seminars going and there's zero interruption for the members. Yeah. So they don't even know any of that stuff is going on and he's just making bank off of it by having seminars going and having his full membership going at the same time and everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah, definitely part of the decision, yeah. or at least help our decision to 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 find a space like this. Yeah, so I think it's good. That was smart, very smart. Crazy, thank you. Are we, are we ready for the question? Now? I think we are. I think we're done complimenting Jamie, and we're ready to have him talk <laughs> a little bit of shit. Um, so, PR, so PR, I mean, fuck, fuck you guys for PR, <laughs> Well, podcast is over, so I guess we're just everybody gonna... just hates us. But yep. that's okay. Okay. So I like the PRI memes. <laughs> what's, what's fuck PRI? <laughs> uh, this is this is a conversation we had off air, obviously, but a lot of the like, I'll I'll make a meme that again, it's like it's about PRI, but it's it's really about me, like in my like deep stage, right? It, more so than anything else, like I I think 
Matt and I's memes are about us, like prior iterations of us. I would also like to add on that the disclaimer that you're making is also about my own past because yeah. I look at the I look at my old content for ideas of what to post now. <laughs> so, but it's like every time I post one, I'll get like four or five like PRTs that like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's funny and, I, and it'll like DM me about it. And then I'll just get a whole bunch of people that have taken like one course that you're wrong. <laughs> so that's you're telling me that everyone's not rotated to the right. Can't find my left heel. Like if I can. Like, I'm yeah. actually sitting um, here the, rotated yeah, to the left right now. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm turning um, left. I can do it. Well, you just, just on, yeah, I was going to say just on that with the way. Down under. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We're the toilet. We do. We're actually all right. Yeah, you're all right. ARC patterns exactly. over here. Yeah, you're all yeah. That yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say, like, I, I think, I think that's. But I don't. I, I don't understand like the the complete uh, like the anger and emotion that some of these memes. Uh, granted yeah if it's just an attack at like a person like a lot of these steven ones coming up at the moment and, yeah. and, and andrew Locke. i don't know if you followed the andrew oh, Locke yeah, he, oh yeah like from, from that. but like uh, those guys are getting like literally just drilled at like directly yes. at them like fair enough you can get emotional about that and be like yeah well but but these like just these these like literally just dumb pictures that in like rile up emotion out of people it's like what insecurity is this like just just button pressed for yeah. you and then the other the other thing like you guys are talking about like with content and just like it's me from the past i feel like that's just everybody with everything like yeah. the reason i wanted to create this gym was because there was no gym like this when i wanted a gym like mm -hmm. this so like mm -hmm. you guys helping out young coaches probably because you wanted more help when you were a young like it, it, that's just literally yep. what it's Absolutely. just an extension of all of it so yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand the, <laughs> the emotional response to some breathing means or some load management <laughs> biomechanics means oh, or whatever. Like, it's, yeah, doesn't. It, it is irrationally wild. You know, it's definitely, yeah. um, it's been an interesting adventure. I, I yes, think it has. I mean, Instagram in general is just a fucking minefield of stupidity most of the time, right? Because it's, and, and this is even why, like, you know, similar to what you guys are doing, Although I, I like, I wish we had a physical space that we could record more, but like oh. we're, we're transitioning the majority of our actual quote unquote, like education stuff to YouTube. Yeah. Because Instagram is just not the platform for educational material. Yeah. You know, in, in yeah. my, even just looking at like the algorithm, like we joke all the time, like I'll try to post something smart and, and helpful for people and it'll get like one fifth of the views and engagement that like, then like a meme will. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. man, Instagram is also just devaluing like actual content more. A hundred percent. We've experienced it as well in terms of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's constantly a challenge. It, 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 it is just a very quick, I think probably TikTok has driven it further that way, but yeah. it's just got to be a very quick attention grab almost like consume the post within 15 seconds and you die. I like, shared yeah. a meme the other day with a one word caption, one word. And it has over 900 likes, 300 shares, 250 saves. And then like I've shared ones with, with like a long, a long yeah. caption before. 
20 likes uh, like 200 likes like 20 shares it's like the one the, the the quick attention grabbing ones do so much better and that was one of the things that like kyle experiencing the same thing or craig experiencing the same thing is like okay this just isn't the platform for education anymore this is the platform for attention yeah yeah, yeah. maybe that's what we're maybe that's what we're missing maybe we need to get some some silly memes up there I've well i mean that's we'll that's try. one of the things that i like <laughs> we'll about try i will try you, <laughs> that's one of the things i like about the way you guys are doing content now though is like the the slides and the swipes that you guys post are one sentence per swipe so it's very easy to get attention it's very easy to share it's very e and like you get the message across that you have in the caption in the swipes so people who don't want to even look at your caption can just read the yeah. swipes and get exactly what you guys are looking punchy. to do the punchy points out of it yeah, yeah. yeah i think um that they, they have been received from like an algorithmic perspective like comfortably more than anything else yeah. produced um and then yeah we we love youtube as well i think i think youtube's a fantastic platform i i think the the longevity of youtube will always be there as well like i just think that because you can make money from it and um google ain't going like in. yeah the, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's i i think that i think if you if you have potential and, and you've got the the personality that you can stay engaging in the video content, which anybody that, that even just like sitting on podcasts and stuff, if you can hold these conversations, keep them engaging, like you, you should be able to at least catch an audience on YouTube. And um, I would recommend that if you do follow our stuff, you'd probably make sure to do check out the YouTube stuff because that's probably our favorite content that we produce. And not all of it is educational, but some of it is, uh, it, it is us. It's what we want to portray. And I think it's our rawest version of us as well, which is cool. So when I think we people love enjoy the, the authenticity, I think is a huge thing for a lot of people too, because that's the other part of social media, like just fitness and social media that has changed for me is everything's become so polished. Like everything's, mm -hmm. everything's, you know, been, been through Canva and been edited and done this and that. And it's just like, there's no, it's, it almost, distracts from the actual content itself for me in a lot of ways yeah. and, and and i mean i just it's hard because like I, that's just not like for us at least that's like, not me we did i just don't care enough to do that which is hard like yeah you know yeah. we want to edit and the youtube gives us a little bit like we'll you know create the thumbnails and edit and do those things but like for for instagram like i'm just not going to be that person and that's yeah. what that's what's also hard it's just like i'm not it's already hard enough yeah. for me in the morning to like put three videos together like of exercises that's about as far as i can go with writing the caption it's hard enough for me to even get the energy to post anything on social media anymore i'm like i'm not i'm not putting all this effort into canva i will do it for youtube but i will not do it for, yeah. for this so we've, right, uh, we've I'm gonna skirted make our memes. question. Yeah, we're going to skirt around it. But, but just to wrap that point up, I'll make some memes on the culture. And I expect some shares, boys. I need some help oh, to get this off the ground. If I see a meme that makes me laugh, I will share it instantly. I'm like, right. this is it. I'm, this is going up. Uh, right, or if I'm it makes me think. Some, I'm going to... I'm going to make some memes. I'm going to make Done. some memes. We're, we, will, we will support and share. Um, so let's get to our question. The, meet, the, the only reason people actually, the, the seven listeners that we have tune into this, this podcast, um, they don't care about any of the other things that we say. They just want this. They just yeah. want the shit talk. So Jamie, on social media or in fitness or in, in gen pop training or in anything, what do you see that just makes you like viscerally angry? Angry. 
I wouldn't say it angry. Grinds, I don't, I don't it just really, grinds your gears. Are you like, like I, don't I get just angry, wish this but would... I, I know, I know, I know what I know what the answer is here. Yeah. And something you just I, wish that myth would die or something like that. Yeah, I, it's not so much a myth, but and I love, I love Bill Hartman. I, I spent ten days with him as a as a a, a, a very uh, compacted mentorship under Bill Hartman after my time with Cressy. But I I'm so over everything being linked to gate cycle fuck off with your gait cycle i'm over it early stance mid stance late stance fucking all this piss it off i'm done can you can you feel the hug that kyle and i are sending you right now (laughs) i'm so i'm so over it i'm 18 months ago no one knew what this mid stance position was and now all of a sudden if, if you can't find your your medial calcaneus uh, rocking forward in a squat pattern, you've you're not squatting. It's like what? No. How did we? How did we get here? <laughs> Fuck gate cycle right off. I'm I'm done with it. Absolutely done with it. That's mine. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. we're gonna have to like. This is great. As much as we do. I mean. This, yeah. This you're you're you're. It's done now. Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. I'm I'm so over it. Yeah. And half the time, half the time you see like these posts. And, like you need to you need to find more mid stance strategy and stuff. It's like what? So like, I want and, and, and well, one one last thing. The thing yeah, that really annoys me with it, like now I'm on. But the thing that really annoys me with it is that when you when you break it down from a technical focus, all of the cues, all of the strategies to lift weight is going to be the same. Like someone would, somebody would say, oh, you need more early stance mechanics, and it's literally the, the answer is, oh, maybe you just need a heel wedge. Like that's literally all it is. Like, all right, well, you could try and confuse the person and, and hold all the secrets of this early stage mechanics or late stage mechanics or whatever. But really it's, you just put a heel wedge under it. We've been doing that for 40 years, 50 years, 60 yep. years. Like, why can't we just say you need a heel wedge? Like, <laughs> Now, yeah. w- one of the things that I want to I wanna ask you is, we've, we've never, we never ask a follow-up on this question, but I want to ask you a follow-up on this question. Because you you've gone through with that answer, you've gone through the exact same thing that Kyle and I have gone through, where we were like deep into it, all in, like head dove headfirst in for a while, and then we got out of it. And what I want to ask you is, what was the breaking point for you where you were like, I don't think any of this shit matters anymore, and it's time to to, to start focusing on things that are important again. Yeah, yeah. So I put it. I put. Um... So just so people know, I'm not just shooting from the, the hip here. I've I've done so from like a PRI perspective, I've done the foundational courses. As I said, like I've I've, I've semi interned under Bill Hartman uh, in person at IFAST. Um, I've had a lot of experience with all of those sort of things for a while now, like five mm-hmm. or six years. I've been I've been in that thing. And at my first iteration of our online mentorship, I didn't include much. I, I, I talked about and discussed gate cycle, but really it's just that this center of mass management is the strategy that is most like the primary reason why we find positions that we find as human beings. And like majority of the time, if you're talking about compensation from a lifting perspective, it's just mismanagement of center of mass, whether or not it's driven forward and everything's extended or if it's driven back and everything's flexed in a, a, a systemically flexed position. So that was in my first iteration of the course. And then I just got so many questions about all of this, um, 
like this IR adduction, these moments, these hips shifting to the right, like all of this sort of stuff, like what's going on at the foot. And I'm like, all right, well, I could talk about it a little bit. So I discussed like pronation and supination shapes and all that sort of stuff. A lot of the Gary Ward, um, uh, his courses, lower chain biomechanics courses, mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic resource. And if any young coach wants to learn more about specifically gait cycle, there's still things that should be taken from it. I think mm-hmm. that's probably your go-to course. Uh, Gary Ward's lower chain uh, biomechanics or closed chain biomechanics of the lower body, I think it's called. And he's just brought an upper body one out that I haven't consumed yet, but I definitely will. Um, I also think that's the best anatomy resource I've seen um, from a continued edge. Yeah, his stuff is great. Yeah, incredible. So yeah, my second second iteration of the mentorship, I brought all of this, um, I didn't bring all of it in, but I brought a good majority of like starting to discuss foot mechanics and like walking, like heel strike and like the direction of like how force is produced into the floor and like this supination strategy, which feeds up the chain in ER and this pronation strategy that feeds up the chain in IR. And I started bringing all that in. And then it always got to the biomechanics part of the course where we discussed like sound training principles and all of that. And I constantly just came back to, I remember all that gate stuff that we talked about. It kind of applies, but in reality, you're just going to tell a client, uh, don't let your knees wobble around. Like that was literally the cue that we were like, just like basic shit. Like, oh, you want to get more efficient on bench press. It probably is not this like IR thing that you need to think about. It's just being consistent with your touch point and trying to finish the rep where you started it. Like they're the sort of cues that we're talking about. And like all of a sudden these in-depth minutiae of biomechanical that we're not even sure is correct. Like, let's be honest, there's nothing that's really heavily supporting the foundation of it. Like, yeah, it's a great model to think about, but I know that this thing's just going to get swallowed by a new model within the next five to 10 years. And has it really changed training no i don't think it has i really don't think it has it's just made more words that confuse the layman um and even confuse some coaches yeah to a point where i just i'm 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 no longer going to be pushing that forward like it just it just confused the system really i i I believe anyway and i think a lot of people think that as well it's confused the system yeah that's where we were at like a hundred percent echo that sentiment everything about that for me when it started when like the biotensegrity came into it as well when i was like yeah oh like we're we're just coming back to thomas myers like we're literally talking <laughs> about like you know fascial slings and, and, slings and strategies yeah. you know at this point and again i don't even think any of that stuff is wrong i think it's part of the picture i don't think it's this new revolutionary thing yeah. And, and I think that's where it's like the, we got to a point and, and again, in our little, our little ecosystem, it's not the majority of fitness. And I realize that and always caveat of that, but within the circles that, you know, we're in, we got to a point at some point over the last two years where it's like muscle stopped mattering for yeah. some reason. Yeah. And like, and if you were talking about things like hypertrophy and mechanical tension and like just general physics, you were now thought of as like this dumb coach. Yeah. And, and like that to me where I would, and it's like, everybody's talking about eccentric deceleration strategies is like, uh, you know, it's like with mid stance. Right. And, and no one's talking about, well, yeah, like, like, we understand that bones, you know, dictate kind of what muscles are doing from an eccentric loading perspective, but 
can we talk about concentric strategies where muscles are now dictating what bones do and, and the joint actions that are actually happening. And nobody wants to talk about that where yeah. everything is just like this neurological reaction. And it's like, we've stopped training, yeah. you know, and that, that was very yeah. hard for me to, to kind of watch. And it's like, we're, and Matt and I were like watching like friends of ours and peers and coworkers. And I'm like, okay, for the last three years, you've literally gotten slower, weaker, and you're in, in more pain and you're just like, and you're still spouting out all this stuff is like yeah. this huge high level of stuff. And it's like, your training sucks though. Like we're watching yeah. it happen over yeah. time. No that was the, that was the no breaking happening. point for yeah. me was watching, like picking up clients and watching them like catastrophize every little thing about not having perfect calcaneous contact or not having perfect femoral internal rotation. And I'm like, dude, your squat has gone from like 180 kilos to 120 kilos in the last like four months. Like you need to stop caring about this and we need to start yeah. pushing like, effort again because now you're getting so far out of trying because you're so scared of any of this stuff that's going on that like, I feel, I feel bad taking your money. Yeah, it's it. I don't know. It, it it just got so much wind so quickly, and it yeah. Uh, yeah I I just I just come back to it. I, it hasn't it hasn't changed anything. Like good training is good training. Everybody, every coach that has some experience understands what good biomechanics should look like under load. Like we all know what a good squat is. We all sort of know how to cue it and all of that. It's got nothing to do with mid early late stance and blah 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 it's got everything to do with just management of the load and, and loading the right tissues like that's all it that's all it needs to be yeah. um like it just it ha so if you are out there because I, I get i get young coaches who message me like constantly about especially like when we put up like we put up one of those swiping posts the other day and it was literally titled what is compression and why understanding it doesn't matter like, yeah. and I went through and I can, that was a can great post by the way. Yeah. Like yeah. I can have the conversation about like what these terms are, where they've come from, how they apply and all that. But I can also then just be like, but all of that doesn't matter because what does matter is that you're just loading with good, with smart principles of specificity, load management, fatigue management, all these general principles are in line in the direction you want to go. You will move in that direction. It, it doesn't have to be this hyper-focus. The other thing I would like to just really piss out of the industry is sacrum, sacral positioning, <laughs> sacral movement. Fucking shove that where it fits too. Like that, just piss that right off. I used to, there was a week, every week I used to post the same. Millimeters of range of motion. <laughs> probably aren't doing that much. Is that what you're saying? Every week I used to post the, this, the abstract of the updated biomechanical analysis of the sacral and sacral <laughs> positioning and movement and whatever. And, it, and, and I highlighted the area that it's like, um, the relative positional change is two to three millimeters per side with an average of two to four degrees total movement. And I just highlight that and I just set the screenshot. And then the caption was always just a, a weekly reminder. You say it doesn't move much. And the amount of DMs I would get would be like, well, what do you mean? But like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, man, like the sacrum, you don't need to mutate your sacrum. If you're thinking about mutating your sacrum as you go to squat, what are you doing? Like yeah. fucking just stand up. Like that's all it needs to be. Don't worry about your fucking counter mutated, mutated. Yeah. Like fuck that off too. That, that's where uh, like people, and this is kind of how like this whole thing, thing started for us too, is it's like the pelvis models. Yeah. Right. And, and, and this is something I always make the caveat. We have a lot of friends who I've got a pelvis model who use pelvis models and on, and go through the whole thing. 
but it's like the people flap those fucking things like they're butterflies like they're got like they're literally going to fly away and it's like man you're you're anonymous don't move like that and if they do like you're in big trouble. you got issues like that's bad <laughs> that's not a good thing like they're yeah. opening those things up like 180 degrees sometimes and it's just like man like they're like the relative motion of that is like you wouldn't even say it yeah like four to four to six millimeters and you wouldn't even be able to see it without imaging on somebody like it's just like what are we what are we talking about when we're talking about these things not to mention it doesn't matter that's the that's the crux does it actually matter all the tissues that aren't on that mat that model that actually surround it matter a lot more yeah you know for most people yeah Uh, it's so that, that that would be my grinding my gears and i'm starting to get more vocal about it and well, uh, and because and, I was one of the first coaches that brought the PRI understanding to Australia. Australia is literally 10 years behind you guys. Yeah. Um, and I got it from when I went to, I don't know if we can keep talking. I know you got it. I mean, oh, you're oh, good. You're yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Um, so I, when I went to Cressy in 2016, I started um, prior to that. I was like reading these like blog articles, mainly from Cressy. And he did a video of, of changing somebody's uh, internal rotation, like glenohumeral internal rotation uh, with two sets of breathing drills, like a typical, just like 90, 90 hook line position, just breathing and a little bit of like side compression and, and change an internal rotation of a baseball, like a professional baseballer, like 40 degrees, like not these like little small things, like a, a big change. And he's like, this is why we don't do the sleeper stretch anymore. And I watched that video and I was like, well, that's really cool. And I, I started learning a little bit more. And then I thankfully got the opportunity to, to intern there. And I, uh, Miguel, was one of the coaches at the time and, and he was very involved and still is very involved with PRI. And he was one of the initial people that sort of started to teach me the principles of it and all of that. And I loved it at the start, absolutely loved it. And then I came home and then PRI was coming to Australia for the first time in like five years. And it was in a different state. And me and Charlie flew up there two weekends in a row to do uh, two of the foundational courses. Um, and then from there, I started discussing like the stack position the typical understanding of zone of acquisition and all of that on, on Instagram and on, on YouTube here in Australia. And it, it got wind very quickly because at, at its crux, like it, it's literally just that p- position dictates action or function. Like mm-hmm. that's the crux of what we're really talking about when we, when we discuss a lot of these things and it was sort of new, not new concepts, but I think it was just worded and understood in a way that was really sort of new in Australia and I really was one of the, we were one of the people that really, or one of the groups of coaches that really pushed it initially here in Australia. And then the Bill Harmon model got laid on top of it and it just like went. And now it's just like this, it's been taken to the moon over here. Like everybody's talking about it, blah, blah, blah. And, and now I'm like, actually, I kind of don't identify with that, with that way of thinking anymore. Like, yeah, those understandings, those biomechanical awareness and really that position dictates action sort of function makes sense. Uh, and we discuss it in a degree, but it just, yeah, I, I, it, it feels a bit weird for me right now. Cause I'm sort of like, ah, yeah, I kind of gave this a bit of life early on and I'm like, yeah, that's, that. that's yeah. hilarious that you say that because that is literally Kyle's daily struggle every day because he started it in the U S well, I didn't, yeah, you, no, I, I didn't start it. You popularized it, bro. 2019 think, Kyle Dobbs. I think you were one prime. of the ones that gave it. Gave it social legs. You and Ryan, you gave it legs. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. 
No, but I mean, but my, my story is very similar where it's like I, I kind of left the corporate gym world and went to peak and started working with Pat. And that's where I learned it all and took all the, yeah. the primaries and all that stuff and got to apply it on the floor. And, and it's definitely something that, again, like I think is very useful in, in some environments. And the, the issue is I don't think it's useful in every single environment because yeah. I think yeah, different yeah. tasks are going to require different positions oftentimes and, and center of mass and, and the load and how you load people is going to greatly disrupt position and, and ZOA and some of those things in, in a lot of cases. And, and people need to be able to leverage compression and expansion and other, and other, other patterns and positions. And it's just like, People can't hear that. People yeah. have to be like, no, 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 it's only this way. Yeah, you're in it. Are you in it or you're out of it? Yeah, yeah. like it's only this one thing that works. And and it's like Matt and I have heard for the last year, like there's a narrative among this whole group of coaches that like we don't care about biomechanics. And it's yeah. like everybody in this industry fucking cares about biomechanics. It's, it's, it's built on movement. Like, yes, we do care about biomechanics. We just don't think that you're – biomechanics are always appropriate yeah and those are two yeah. very big things and but it's hard because people again don't distinguish that very well everybody's very absolutist in how they they think about this process and um it's you know we've had a lot of really good conversations even in these podcasts like we've had several pri practitioners two prts uh yeah. on and we've had really good conversations but social media is like a war zone it's so a cesspool it's wild <laughs> Because context this. Yeah. It, it really is, yeah. And um yeah, I I think I think it will move in the I think like someone like a coach to Sam who is just the complete opposite, oh, or yeah. it's just like literally yeah. <laughs> like, there's one thing well, we Cassim, all love about Castle. It's, him, it's, Cassim, it's the, fact, the, the fact that he does not care and he'll just be like, Yeah, this is dumb. And yeah, I'm gonna tell you it. this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> But then in the same breath, like it's literally the complete other end of the spectrum where it's like the only thing that matters yeah. is your your load and, and where it is and how it is and, and all of that. Like it's literally the complete other end of the spectrum, but it makes just as much logical sense. Mm -hmm. Like it, 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 it just, so it makes more logical sense, sorry, that like if you're looking for muscular outcomes and muscular output and all of that sort of stuff, like that shit matters a whole lot. Like you can't just... Yeah, not everything needs. Yeah, so, uh, but I think I think a, a a mind like that, and also a mind like that wrapped up in a personality that just doesn't give a fuck, is what we need because it is the contrast that we need to uh to challenge the the gate cycle the gate cycle uh crowd with your permission. With your permission, I think we're going to title this podcast Fuck Your Gate Cycle because that was probably the best quote that we've gotten out of this whole podcast. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Early stance, shit stance. Call it shit stance. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you, you extrapolated on that answer a bit because I think, the, I think one of the things that um, a lot of people get out of, again, and it's again out of social media, is you only get to see the the current content that people are posting and nobody is going to take the time to scroll back I, in your I feed. Wish people would before people cuz cuz Matt gets a lot of flack 
because he's oh he's i get little, so he's much he's a little more out I'm, I'm angry about it i don't care like, maybe, <laughs> i was gonna say maybe you need to do a luke tullock inspired podcast and like things i was completely wrong about dude i've just, literally made posts about it like this is what i used uh, to really? do i was yeah. wrong about these these are the things that i look at now and people are still like you're still a piece of shit i hate you <laughs> <laughs> people will dm me and literally be like why do you work with matt he's an idiot <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm like, and I will literally, talk to, I will literally like go to Matt's profile, scroll back a year, and pull up a picture of him doing a fucking ninety ninety prior to his deadlifts, and share that in the DMs with him, and be like, this is the same fucking thing you posted yesterday. Matt posted it two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and it's like we've been where you are, man. Like it, it's cool, like. He's a little aggressive about it, but if you think that just you my personality, though, he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. posting the same exact content two years later. Yeah, that's what's kind of sad. Yeah, like that's that's yeah. why I'm glad that you elaborated on it because one of the things that people look at with that is they go, "Oh, well, you just don't understand." It's like, well, no, you've been through all of this stuff for five years and you've done this yeah. a lot. Like you, you were exposed to this stuff, and I didn't even know that about you. You were exposed to this stuff even before I was because I started getting into that at about like 2018, 2019. So like you've got five years of experience in this and to hear that you're starting to change your mind and you're, or like you've changed your mind completely and you've moved on to a I've different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like that is that is the stuff that people don't want to see. They don't want to see that you've been through the same stuff that they have and you've gone through this. And what we're all dealing with right now is we're just dealing with sunk cost bias. Like we're just... Well, living through sunk cost bias. I can a, I can speak to you about sunk cost bias. So when when Crozier and I decided so uh, 2019, Crozier wanted to. I was coaching Will Crozier, mm -hmm. um, just in an online. Um, he was sort of in between coaches, and we were just talking a lot of the time. And then he just like, hey, do you want to just write my next program? And that's how it started. And then I th thankfully got to do a full competition prep with him over in America. And I was like, I'll drop everything to come. Like, this is an experience to, to, to coach one of the biggest lifters, one of the pretty much the, the biggest lifter in Australia. Yeah. Plus an overseas travel and go and see. And he was just as uh, he wanted to learn all of these concepts as much as I wanted to learn them. So we're like, let's build this trip. It was a six week trip and we did everything. We went to, mm -hmm. uh, we started in Boston and we did a Zach Couples Human Matrix course. Um, we came down to, to New York. We went to, uh, I think it's Hype Gym now with yeah. Pat Davidson. Yeah, and, and, and like uh, spent a couple of days there and like they just took us under our wing. And because I'm walking in with Will, like, yeah, I know I, I'd met a, um, a lot of people previously from my time with, when I was over there with uh, Cressy. But um, just having Will there, like we went to Hybrid and with Steffi Cohen and stuff. Yeah. And they literally just opened the door for us. They, they took us out for dinner. Like, it was just unreal. Like, we, we literally just got the red carpet everywhere because I was with Will Crozier. But talk about sunk cost fallacy. We dumped so much money into that trip and we did all of the courses we did and everything so we could understand Bill's model. That was all that we really wanted to get out of the education side of things. And part of it was we, we flew to Arizona specifically so we could do a Pat Davidson course and we did his, um, his two-day course because we knew he was going to be talking about the propulsion arc and all of this yeah. sort of stuff. And like, so we dumped not just courses or time, we dumped six weeks of our life into yeah. to flying across the world and learning this sort of stuff. And then it just eventually just came back to, and what do you cue to your athletes? 
the same shit you were queuing three years ago, four years ago. It didn't change anything. Yeah, I understand it and I get this arc model and I get all this, but nothing changed. Like it just comes back to nothing changed. Like I just, the training could train. I just heal and you tell them to slide their knees forward a little yeah. bit. And you're like, yeah, literally. You, yeah. I just need you to like, emotionally prepare yourself for the fact that somebody will listen to this podcast and message you and be like, you still don't understand. Yeah. yeah, well, prepare yourself. <laughs> well, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't understand. You don't. Um, you just don't get it. No, yeah. No. It's like, oh, your center of mass has gone forward. So you've extended your back and your squat. Oh, you found too much late stance mechanics in that one, mate. Pull it back. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I got a huge weight on my. I'm struggling here at an RPE fucking 10. Yeah. And you're telling me I've got too much late stance mechanics. Too much. Fucking big toe dorsiflexion. Fuck off. <laughs> That's why I made that one meme a while ago about about the people who do that becoming squat you because they look at the same thing where they're like, this person is squatting a max effort squat, and they're like, no, 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 we're gonna have to stop that. You deviated a little bit. It's like it was RP ten. Like I was a PR for me. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Look at <laughs> that. Just the thing is, squat you. He telling me to yeah. He press back to the down. Yeah. Crazy. He, he uses um literally like like generational talent in Olympic weightlifted, yeah. weightlifting to, yeah. to pick their technique apart. Yeah. It's like, hang on, mate. That's cool. This, <laughs> this, guy, this guy is miles ahead of anyone has ever been ever on this whole earth yeah. and you're picking them apart. What are you doing? Yeah. You, you can't look at him. Lasha's. Yeah, <laughs> you can't look at what Lasha's doing that this is the stuff that he's doing wrong. It's like Lasha it's is like throwing it. around 224 kilos on a snatch like it's a warm-up. Like... It's like the Usain Bolt, the, the, the sprint yeah. guys that started picking apart Usain Bolt about his lateral movement. It's like, yeah, his lateral movement, but he's eight meters in front in the first 12 meters. Like, what, yeah. what do you want from him? <laughs> we should have talked. We could have talked about Goda. That could have been. That might be oh, that podcast number two. I, can, we're, yeah, I mean, this, this podcast is warranting a 2.0 already, so we're going to have to bring you back for another one. Yeah. Oh. No, uh, the, yeah, the Goda, the Goda stuff's the fun. That's a that's a fun rabbit hole to jump in that's as well. But there's so many similarities between the Goda model and the the, the oh, the, I, dude, I, I, we I, had a conversation I, with I, Dean Guido the other day talking where he's talking about like they have one side of the coin and these other people just have the other side and they're just arguing about the opposite end of the spectrum and it's like they just do the same shit i've got a post worked up and i don't i do, i have to be honest i don't have the balls to actually give it a map yet because it's all it's just it, it will cancel me but it's basically like the pri model is turning into functional patterns yeah between yeah. the biotensegrity and, and yeah. the gate stuff and, and the propulsion stuff. Rotation, only one yeah. uh, only one thing. Dude, yeah. it rotational is, plane. It's functional patterns. Yeah. Like it's like if yeah. you look at functional patterns. Maybe he's the overlord. Maybe not Nadi and Haruska might have like a secret handshake in the, on the back side. That would be the most amazing fitness conspiracy it, if it was ever true. It actually Holy would, shit. Can you imagine that and those two guys having like a meeting together? It would People's actually, brains would melt if that was true. I'm just like, oh, imagine. Man. Oh. Who's the go-to go guy or the go-atter guy? Coach Gill. I don't even know how to say it. Is it yeah. Maybe Coach the three. Gill, I think. And then throw David Weck in there. Maybe the four of them, they got the answers. Well, see, the go-to people, they hate Weck, too. They hate him. Really? 
hate them. Yeah, yeah. I think they're too similar. I think they're too competitive with one another. Yeah. Or maybe Weck hates to go to people. It's one of the two. Yeah. They don't like each other at all. Yeah. We've tried to get I I've DM'd Weck to be on the podcast. I can't talk to the the go to people. They're just too He'd be such a fun podcast but, guest. But I would talk to I would talk to Weck. I think he's oh, David Weck would be a great guest. He'd be yeah. a great guest. I would love to have him on. David Weck, and if you're listening to us, come on. Because he he's been around for he's probably seen all these same sort of things propagate and, and oh, build because yeah. he has been and not just involved but like literally innovative in the space yeah. of yeah so a hundred percent yeah I, I that would be a great guess I would definitely have them on yeah absolutely would yeah. just yeah I don't know I just to see if it'd be bathtub David Weck or like Jim David Weck that would be <laughs> like, I I don't know which one I would want the most but like. I, I would want at least I would want at least three of his personalities over the course. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't looked at his content uh, much recently, but uh, I haven't either. But he went through a phase where he was like wearing nine pairs of glasses in the bathtub with like four pairs of glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. some of them were normal, going? some of them were upside down. It was his, great. Uh, his apartment would just have stacks of papers. And like, like he almost looked like a hoarder and he would just stand in front of the camera and like rip things apart and yell for like five to yeah. 10 minutes. It's like drawing lines and like throwing papers down on top of other papers with lines all over. It's like, what is happening here? <laughs> it's a master at work. Yeah. It's, it's some, yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. Man. Well, that was my answer to your question. It was nearly an hour in that. Um, Fantastic answer though. Like that was a, that was a, good i feel yeah. like a whole extra podcast out of that we did we i mean you spoiled us today thank you <laughs> you, you, did, you did um we've definitely taken enough of your time though um and i have to go pick up my kids so that's it, awesome yeah that's and i'm still in lockdown so i'm not doing anything yeah, so. yeah you're, you're just <laughs> he's like don't let us don't hang up i'm so bored i've got nothing to do six hours <laughs> <laughs> but where can everybody we've talked about your youtube we've talked about your social media where Plug can all your stuff yeah where can everybody find i uh, just just type melbourne strength culture into the whatever um youtube i i would i would recommend if you want to see us and, and what we're actually about youtube is definitely probably a better bet rather than instagram um mm-hmm. but instagram's there as well uh and then for myself personally um j smith culture on instagram is probably your best bet um yeah, and I'm I'm always happy to chat about uh, any of the stuff that we're both both more business, personal training, development, all that sort of stuff. But also, I can get in the nitty gritty of the the training and all that because I have done that for ten years. So if you are a young coach and enjoyed any of this, please reach out because I'm I'm happy to chat and I'm happy to help you out. Thank you for tuning in to Compound Performance Radio. Hopefully, if you liked this episode, please be sure to easier. like, share, subscribe, well, Jamie, thank and you drop so us a review. Time. This was we'll awesome. See you next time. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, See you on the internet, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, boys. I I loved it. Great chat. All right. Thank you, sir.